Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean, and this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. And this segment of the podcast we call Theology for Everyone, where we've been working through the Westminster Confession of Faith, a small systematic theology um, that really walks us through the foundational doctrines of the Christian faith. And we're coming to a conclusion in our study. We're getting really close, only a few chapters left. And today we're going to look at chapter 32 of the state of men after death and of the resurrection of the dead. So what happens when we die? What's happening in the future? Okay. On the podcast with me, gentlemen, would you introduce yourselves? How's it going, Alex Tate, Secretary of Youth Director? Kevin Kenora, Pastoral Assistant. And Rob Spikester, Pastor of Discipleship. All right. Let's get into it this afternoon, guys. Kevin, would you go ahead and read this for us? The bodies of men after death return to dust and see corruption, but their souls, which neither die nor sleep, having an immortal substance or subsistence, immediately return to God who gave them. The souls of the righteous, being then made perfect in holiness, are received into the highest heavens, where they behold the face of God in light and glory, waiting for the full redemption of their bodies. And the souls of the wicked are cast into hell, where they remain in torments and utter darkness, reserved to the judgment of the great day. Beside these two places, for souls separated from their bodies, the scripture acknowledges none. Okay. Important stuff going on here. Very interesting. The bodies, so the physicalness of our bodies, the bodies of men, after death, return to dust and see corruption. The corruption that they're talking about there is literally, we break down. The bodies break down and return to dust. They get eaten by worms. They, 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 they see corruption, okay? But their souls, again, we have two parts to the human person. We have our body and we have our soul. Our body is the material part. The soul is the immaterial and eternal part, which neither die nor sleep, having an immortal subsistence. So every single human being we meet is immortal. Their soul will live forever someplace. That immortal subsistence immediately returns to God who gave them. What, what text do we have for that? Luke twenty three forty three. And it reads, And he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Okay. That's Jesus speaking to the thief on the cross. So God is our creator. He created our souls. He knit us together in our mother's womb. And we're going to live forever someplace. And upon our death, our soul is going to go in front of God. Okay? <clears throat> the souls of the righteous, now that is in, that's the elect. That is any person who's put their faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus has given them their, his righteousness. And so they, when their soul goes before God... He, that soul goes dressed in the righteousness of Christ, mm. okay? The souls of the righteous being then made perfect in holiness, that's the completion of our, almost the completion of our salvation, okay? So sin is completely removed from our soul upon death. Being then made perfect in holiness are received into the highest heavens where they behold the face of God. Now, this is called the beatific vision, this is what our souls were made for. Our souls were made to see the face of God and enjoy it. 
Um, we were made to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Mm-hmm. We are made every mountain, every valley, every river, every nature sings and declares the glory of God. All of those things are just a shadow and a foretaste of what we will see when the righteous look into the face of God. Okay? Um, every movie that you've enjoyed, every song that you've ever... All of these um, wisps of beauty are just echoes of God's imminence, God's glory. So like those that have um, faith in Christ get the pass of going into heaven not being judged because they were judged when Christ was judged and now they're lifted up when Christ yes. lifted up. So that's already happened. So yeah. when, upon their death now, when they stand before God, they stand before God now actually righteous, now mm. actually holy, now actually purified, not just representatively through Christ, but their death, their sin died. Mm. So now we can be in the presence of God. Now we can be in the presence of God. Amen. Yes, we got there only through the only through the mediation and work of Christ, but now we're actually holy. Yeah. Oh, man. So where they behold the face of God in light and glory, waiting for the full redemption of their bodies. Now, this is why I said almost the completion of the, because their souls have been redeemed 100%. But God's design for mankind is not an immaterial soul existence. You know, like we just float around like spirits. God has a unique plan for us, the same plan he had for Jesus Christ. That Jesus isn't just a soul. He isn't just a spirit right now. Jesus is a spirit in a physical body. Mm -hmm. And so when we die and we go to the right hand of the Father and we see God, we're going to be in heaven, we're going to enjoy it, we're in paradise, but we're going to wait until Christ returns and raises up our bodies out of the ground and puts them back together and gives us a new physical body. What text do we have for that? Hebrews 12, 23. And to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. Okay. Um, all right. That's the first half of that. And then we're waiting for the redemption of our bodies. The, the, the fullness of our salvation is the redemption of our bodies. When that immaterial soul gets reunited, that's when our salvation is complete. When that immaterial soul gets reunited with real physical body. So that's what happens for the believer. And the souls of the wicked, and the wicked are not just serial killers, not just rapists. The wicked are anyone who's rejected the one atoning sacrifice in in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And the souls of the wicked are cast into hell, where they remain in torments and utter darkness, reserved to the judgment of the great day text we have for that? Luke 16, 23, and 24. And this comes from the story of the rich man and Lazarus. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am in anguish in this flame. Yep. Now, it's important to memorize or to know that I I would say most scholars... Um, believe that when Jesus is talking about hell and these flames and these, he's using metaphors. He's mm-hmm. using something that 
he literally it was Gehenna there on the out. It was a it was a dump on the outside of the city where they would burn garbage, and so it was a burning trash heap. Yeah. And he's using that word to paint a picture in their mind of life away from God. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard some scholars say something along the lines of, do we think hell is a literal flaming torment burning forever and ever and ever? No. It's probably worse. Mm. So, and I like that because it's not like, oh, okay, no big deal. It's like, yeah, it's, it's probably a metaphor for something worse. And what do you mean? What could be worse? Well, God is love. So if hell is in one sense his absence, what, where he can't go, what's that place going to be like? If God is light and hell is its, his absence, what's that place going to be like? If yeah. God is truth, what's, you know, on and on and on. This is why, like, C.S. Lewis paints the beautiful picture that it's just, like, selfishness and isolation mm-hmm. and a person becomes less real the farther away they get from God, so they even have less of an existence, you know, like a, like a ghost almost, you know. <clears throat> Now he goes on and says this, besides these two places, for souls separated from their bodies, the scripture acknowledges none. Mm. So no such thing as purgatory, no such thing as these holding cells, no such thing as uh, some place that, you know, no such thing as reincarnation where you get a second chance at life. Uh, it's, it's, pro, it's determined for us to live once, die once, mm-hmm. and then comes the judgment. Yeah. There is, you know, uh, no other no other existence. Okay. So where does it come from where a lot of people are like, you know, when I come back, I'm going to be a different person or I'm going to be a dog or I'm going to be a, a yeah, horse. Different or, it's yeah. different religions. Yeah. Um, mainly things like Hinduism and, and you know, just pa- other pagan religions that believe you can mm-hmm. be incarnated, you know. Okay. Yeah. And some, some like karma, karma teaches that, that if you live your life poorly, you're going to be reincarnated as something worse. If you live your life well, you'll be reincarnated as something better, yep. you know, which is, uh, it's just workspace religion, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think about this. Uh, I, I love the description that you were saying earlier, and that is that hell is really just the opposite of who God is. And you think about, I'm going to be preaching on in Romans one, when he talks about giving them over in one sense, God is giving what people want. And that is, if you want to be selfish, God says, okay, give you selfishness the rest for eternity. And you're in isolation, you know, you're isolated from everything that is good. You know, I want, I just want to live out evil. Well, you live out evil, you're living away from the greatest good. So again, we go back to, and we say, what is heaven like? What's a taste of heaven? The taste of heaven is the greatest good. What is the greatest things, good things that we've had here? That's just a tiny taste. And to be thinking that that is, if that's just a tiny taste of really what is good, God himself, to be separated from that, to have no hope ever to have that which is good is, is, is a real hell. Uh, So that's, that's quite a, quite a picture. It's Christ. Or chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. you think freedom, you think, you, oh, I have freedom, I, I don't need Christ. Then you're choosing chaos. Yeah. You're choosing destruction. You know, you're choosing the absence of all that's good. Yeah. Right? Hmm. So, okay, let's keep going. Article two. At the last day, such as are found alive shall not die, but be changed. And all the dead shall be raised up with the selfsame bodies, and none other, although with different qualities, which shall be united again to their souls forever. Okay. At the last day, now this day, no man knows the day or the hour, period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we do not know if it's going to be now or 10,000 years in the future. Yep. All right. 
such as are found alive shall not die. So Jesus told us, or Paul told, tells us, that there will some people will be alive on this earth when Jesus Christ comes back again. So what does that tell us about the end of the world as we know it, or the end of us burning up as a star, or us freezing as we move away from the sun? If you trust Jesus, that means that's not going to happen. Yeah. Okay, Christ will come back, and people will still be on this planet, not Mars. Well, might be, we might be on Mars, too. We might be on Mars, too, but they'll still be on this planet, okay? And they, they'll not die, but be changed. What text do we have for that? 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised, imperishable, and we shall be changed. And the perishable will put on imperishability that is just a beautiful phrase that though we didn't whoever that is you didn't die you still get your you get your new created body your imperishable body without having to go through death that that's spectacular yeah Um, and the dead at that same time the dead shall be raised up with self same bodies now so that means now this is interesting Self-same, we're getting to this point. When Jesus was resurrected, he there was continuity and there was discontinuity. Okay, <laughs> he 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 looked similar, but he looked dissimilar. Mm-hmm. He was unrecognizable, and then he spoke and said thir- certain things, and they're whoa, they get it. So there was, it was his real body. We know that because Thomas asked to see it, and he had scars in his hands and he had scars on his side. But his new imperishable body was unique and distinct enough that he looked a little different, mm. okay? And he could, it sounds like he could walk through walls and he could uh, reappear and appear and he could change dimensions and he could do all these different kind of things, okay? Uh, he, he knew about the multiverse before we knew about the multiverse, <laughs> right? Um, so it says, it's the self-same bodies and none other, although with different qualities, mm-hmm. which shall be united again to their soul's forever. What text do we have for that? Job 19, 26, and 27. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. My heart faints within me. Hmm. Okay. Using Job. Yeah, I was going to say, that's pretty bold remarkable. <laughs> yeah, bold move, an Old Testament passage, and that's, he claims it. He claims it. That was good. Bold move there of <laughs> Westminster Divines. Yeah, so so saying there that that Job was even looking forward to the hope that his mm-hmm. body was wasting away, but he would hope again, and he would have a new body yeah. one day that wouldn't have any sores and any any pains in it. Yeah. Um, so God made Adam out of the dust of the earth. Mm-hmm. Okay, He's going to do that for every single one of us. Our at He's going to scoop up our ashes. He's going to scoop up our the remains of our body and refashion us into a, with new stuff. He's going to add something new to the mix Yeah, <laughs> that, Crazy. you know, that is imperishable. A new version you was talking about. That's updated version. <laughs> That's right. Final version. <laughs> Final, version. Final version. Just like the covenant. Yeah. All right. Article three, the last one. The bodies of the unjust shall, by the power of Christ, be raised to dishonor, the bodies of the just, by his spirit, unto honor, and be made conformable to his own glorious body. Okay. 
I gotta be honest, I don't think I've ever thought of this. The bodies of the unjust shall by the power of Christ be raised to dishonor. The bodies of the just by his spirit unto honor and made comfortable to his own glorious body. What text do we have of the unjust being raised in new bodies? Well, we have Acts twenty four fifteen. I'm kind of curious what... Alex, will you look up John 5, 28 and 29? So Acts twenty four fifteen says, Having a hope in God, which these men themselves accept, that there will be a resurrection of both the just oh, and, right. the and the unjust. unjust. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's the text. Yeah. I have not thought of that. I can't believe... In all of my reading, literally, and I've even I've skimmed the Westminster. For some reason, I had just hmm. forgot about that. I just bypassed that. That I kind of thought of hell as a immaterial existence, right. as as a soulish right. existence, and not as nope. You're going to be reconstituted in some kind of new body as well. The resurrection of the just. And the unjust. So will they be standing then before the judgment seat of God in their bodies mm. as those who have, as those who are wicked? So it's not just an immaterial body that is standing before God. It is actually a person in whom they were previously. Wow. I think, I think the answer is yes, but what yeah. will be the qualities of that body, right? Maybe their quality, like what? Mm-hmm. I'm going to look up 1 Corinthians 15, 43 here. Yeah. Because so it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So they're... I wonder if their body will not, if the unjust body will not be spiritual. Mm -hmm. It will not be raised in glory, clearly. Mm. It will not be raised in power. Um, Because this is all about us. We've born the image of the man of dust. We shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. Hmm. Well, they really got us on this one, didn't they? Yeah, they they have. When the perishable puts on imperishability and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O death, where is your victory? Okay, I've got a question myself. What will the body of the unjust look like? Hmm. The resurrection of the just and the unjust. Did you pick up that John 5 passage? Yeah. John 5, 8 and 9. Mm-hmm. John 5, 28 and 29. It says, Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tomb will hear his voice and come out those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. 
to the resurrection of judgment. <clears throat> hmm. Well, I got a question there. I got a question. What kind of body do they have? I'm going to have to do some more studying on this. What kind of body will the... Yeah, so just kind of what I just reading here real quickly. It says, whatever changes there may be, they will only be such as will, which will be appropriate to shame, contempt, dishonor, and everlasting suffering of pain and loss. And there's a recognition that the scripture does not tell us nearly so much with respect to the resurrection of those who are lost. Mm. There's not a lot said, in other words, in scripture of what exactly it's going to look like. But I do like what they're saying here, and that is this idea that whatever this resurrected body is that the lost have, it is going to be one which is going to, it's, it's going to be eternal shame. Yeah. Contempt, dishonor, and everlasting suffering of pain. It makes and sense loss. that they would have a body because think of us when your soul suffers, it's it's a psychological pain. Yeah. Right? It's a it's not a physical pain. Yeah. But when you have a body, that includes a physical pain. Yeah. That includes a physical response. Physical shame shame has a physical response in our body. Yeah. And so if they've sinned in their body, they're probably also going to suffer the mm. consequences in mm. their body, mm. right? Yeah. So yeah, it would. it's not going to be... So we get a glorified body, they're going to get a damnable body. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but they're going to get a damnable body. Well, and just think about the hopelessness of that state because so often as believers in Christ are... Are, are, we're looking forward to this resurrection one day. We're looking forward to being removed from this particular body, which has its weaknesses, which has its pains and sufferings that just become part of what it means to be in a corruptible state. And that gives us such great hope. But what he's they're basically saying here is, is that we can say is if you don't know Christ, you, you don't have that hope. As a matter of fact, that hope is going to be one which is, is going to be hopeless for eternity in that pain and suffering that you, know, you experience even today. So mm. oof, it's, yeah. it's an awful thought. Really is. It is. All right, man. Thank God for the gospel. Yeah. yeah thank God for Jesus. Yeah. Well, folks, hopefully, uh, you learned something today about the resurrection of the dead and our uh, and heaven and hell. And if you've got questions, email me at justindinatsacredcitychurch.com or rob at sacredcitychurch.com as I'm going on sabbatical really soon. Uh, we love you. We're praying for you. God bless.